may have never heard this before. You may have not said it yourself. You may never hear it ever. But I want to give an applause, standing ovation, to Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker for his anti-book ban. He made a rule, a law, that you can't ban books. Here's his quote. The argument for banning books always begins with the claim that it's about protecting the children. And yes, of course, we all want to protect our children, so they're reading age-appropriate material. But banning books from libraries isn't about that at all. Book bans are about censorship, marginalizing people, marginalizing ideas, and facts. Regimes ban books, not democracies. Love it. Absolutely love it. Pritzker said this June 13th at the Harold Washington Library Center in Chicago. I don't think there should be a censorship on anything. We all have ideas, thoughts. They can be different. They don't have to be how everybody wants them to be. They shouldn't be like that. That's how we grow. That's how we conquer things. That's how we evolve. We don't go on the same rules, same thoughts, same processes as everybody else. Or we're going to stick in one circle and eventually we're all going to end because it's all the same. That's not how it works. J.B. Pritzker must understand this. So, got to give him an applause. Congrats to the governor. I'm your host, Brandon Lachance. Don't know where you're listening to this episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, but you can check out all previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and the website www.rss.com backslash podcasts. That's with an S, it's plural, backslash edge of your seat podcast. Socials, you know we are there. Facebook, edge of your seat podcast, Twitter, edge of your seat P. You can also check out my personals. The name is Brandon LaChance, L-A, Chance. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, please write a review, follow, like, share, five star, a million star. All those cool things. Really appreciate it. Helps us move up the ranks and share the spotlight that we put on Northern and Central Illinois. Got to keep the love here in Illinois and spotlighting what is awesome about where we're at. Everybody calls us rural sticks, things like that. And we may be. Not every town, city that we talk about here on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, which include 48 high schools, but a lot of them are rural areas, and that's okay. There's still amazing things going on here. So that's what we do here at Edge of Your Seat Podcast, show light all throughout our state. If you have any questions, suggestions, you want to be a guest, you know somebody that would be a good guest, you like or dislike something I or a guest said, or you'd like to sponsor Edge of Your Seat Podcast, please send an email to Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, thank you to Brian Cavelli, Cavelli Productions, for the intro and outro beat. For Edge of Your Seat Podcast, that is brought to you by First State Bank. 19 locations in northern and central Illinois. Great people. They know what they're doing, and they can help you with just about anything. Get to the nearest First State Bank as soon as possible. This is episode 272. We're going to do a little before and after with LaSalle Peru grad and Dreamwave wrestler Hunter Holdcraft. We spoke before the June 17th 
Nothing But a Good Time Dreamwave Show presented by Luz Legrado. And we spoke after the hype, which is a tag team of Holcraft and 12 Gage, Gage Noonan, friend of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. They challenge wasted youth for the Dreamwave tag team goal. Hunter, super excited. The before and after, the anticipation for the match, and then after the match, even though they lost, there's a spoiler, still lots to take away in a very, very positive light. And personally, I'm excited to see his growth as a wrestler, and of course as a person, Hunter Holdcraft doing his thing. And he's just starting, so he's got a lot, a lot, a lot. Say that about a million times. More wrestling coming his way. Have you heard the news? First State Bank is the first to offer Quillo. Quillo is an online personal loan officer that allows you to apply for a loan in just minutes. Need to replenish your checking account? Pay off a high interest credit card? Or take that vacation you have always wanted? Check out Quillo on the First State Bank website using your phone, tablet, or PC. It won't impact your credit score to apply. There are no fees, no penalties, and payments you can't afford. You'll need a First State Bank checking account, but have no worries. You can apply for one of those online also. Check out FSB Premier's account that pays a higher interest for doing a few routine activities. Go to firststatebank.biz today to see how you can get a Quillo loan with a newer existing checking account. First State Bank is member FDIC and equal housing lender. Per usual, there is a lot going on nationally, sports and outside of sports. So that means we have to have a mix and match section. Also, watching quite a few movies lately. So we're going to have our segment, Keep It Rolling. We'll start with mix and match. Tons of stuff to dive into, including the NBA offseason. It's in full throttle. Talk about craziness. First. Chris Paul is traded from the Phoenix Suns to the Washington Wizards, and the Suns bring in Bradley Beal. Then, five days later, today, which is June 22nd, it's late night, so this might not get put out till June 23rd, but that's where we're at right now. Today, he got traded to the Golden State Warriors. Crazy. So Chris Paul just went Phoenix, Washington in the East Coast, to Golden State Warriors, which will now be in San Francisco. This was their last year in Oakland. So San Francisco is Chris Paul's new home. I'm kind of interested to see how this works. Steph Curry, Chris Paul. Does that mean Steph Curry gets moved to a two guard? Because Jordan Poole is who got traded to the Wizards for Chris Paul. So Jordan Poole isn't there anymore. Relying on older guards in Chris Paul's game fell off statistical-wise this past season. But he was also playing with Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, you know, that kind of deal. So we will see what happens, but I think Chris Paul's time is just about over. I don't see him playing into his 40s. I know he's 38 now. I can see him playing this year, and that's about it. Seriously. And I think the Warriors are about done. Draymond Green is not going to be there next year. Probably not. He waived his player option, decided, hey, I'm going to go into free agency, see what happens there. 
I think it's a smart move for Draymond Green. By the way, by the way, he is my least favorite player in the NBA. So I'm just saying this as a podcast host, not a sports fan. Because as a sports fan, I wish Draymond Green would just retire. You got your four NBA championships? Make sure you send your letter of thank you to Steph Curry and to Clay Thompson and to Steve Kerr and to Andre Iguodala. Sean Livingston, we'll throw him in there. Andrew Wiggins, and I keep naming players that I like a lot more than you. Yeah, you were a defensive force, not really offensive-minded, and you always had an attitude, and you were always starting problems with everything in the league. That's why I don't like you, but you're part of this franchise that you know won four NBA championships while you were there. So it is what it is. I can't be a hater. Well, I mean, I can. It's my podcast. So yeah, we'll be a hater. Don't like you. I'm glad you're not on the Warriors, but you're still in the NBA. I hope you get picked up by a team that's not normally on national television. Sacramento Kings is cool. Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, one of those teams. Write out your career. Get some more moolah and then be gone. I would love that. Also, not coming back to the team that they were on, Chris Middleton does the same thing with his player option. He is not, more than likely, going to be a Milwaukee Buck. I wonder where he goes. Honestly, honestly, I think he would be perfect, absolutely perfect, with two teams. The Memphis Grizzlies, they need leadership. They need a veteran. They just got Marcus Smart. In a trade as well as Marcus Smart is no longer a Boston Celtic. And Porzingis, Kristaps Porzingis, leaves Washington and joins the Boston Celtics. Very, very interesting. Before we get into all that, Chris Middleton would be absolutely perfect teaming up with Marcus Smart, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. in Memphis. Gives him a shooter, gives him veteran leadership. He can play D. I think that would be absolutely fantastic for Memphis. The other spot, Portland Trailblazers. Chris Middleton with Dame Lillard? Why not? That sounds like a great tandem. He's not crazy offensively flashy, but he will spread the floor. He gives you that shooter. He gives you another ball handler. And he gives Dame Lillard an all-star caliber player that he can legit play with. Back to the Marcus Smart, Kristaps Porzingis deal. Marcus Smart in Memphis, I love it personally. I know Boston Celtic fans not happy because Marcus Smart was the heart soul of the team. I've heard it all day today, heard it pretty much all postseason. Anytime he wasn't in the game, hey, he's the heart and soul. Well, honestly, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, where they moved, the Boston Celtics moved. They realized that and There's a lot of guards there, a lot of wing players there. Marcus Smart really just didn't fit in anymore. Bring in Porzingis. They need a big. He's a really good defender, rebounder. He can spread the floor offensively, shoot from wherever. Very, very talented. Hopefully he can stay healthy. That's been the knock on him. But I think he's a better fit for Boston Celtics. And if they get a guard that can legit facilitate the ball, but honestly, they really don't need that with Tatum and Brown because they do it themselves. But it never hurts, right? So maybe an offensive point guard that can score and facilitate because then they'll get assists from Brown and Tatum. And it doesn't even have to be a big name, a flashy name, just somebody that can get the job done. So I kind of like that move. 
honestly, I think this NBA offseason has helped every team almost. I think Chris Paul with Golden State Warriors, even though he's older and this might be his last hurrah, that could work out really, really well. Chris Paul obviously knows what he's doing. He's called the point god. And Steph Curry is going to welcomely love to play with Chris Paul. He's a good teammate. Never heard a knock on Chris Paul as a teammate. So it should be fun. I'm ready to watch it already. Also in the NBA, Udonis Haslam, 43 years old, retires after 20 years. Not just in the NBA, but with one team, the Miami Heat. He's a three-time champ. He was drafted in 2003, obviously retiring in 2023. He played 879 games, averaging 7.5 points per game, 6.6 rebounds, shot 49% from the field, 75% from free throw. His highs for a season, 12 points per game in the 2007-8 season, 9.1 rebounds per game in 2004 and 5. The last five, six years, hasn't really played much has been more of a leader, uh, a veteran to, you know, talk to people and help them out, help them progress their game. And that has been huge for Miami, obviously, as an eight seed, get to the NBA Finals this year. Haslam had something to do with it. I'm not going to say he was a puppeteer or something like that. But when you have veterans like that, that stick around and help mold the younger guys, that always is beneficial. John Morant. 25-game suspension for his second video with him posing with a gun. I've seen all kinds of tweets, comments on Facebook about, oh, that's ridiculous. That's a stiff suspension. What he did didn't warrant that. Yeah, actually it did. You're an NBA player for a giant gabillion company, and you're running around with guns. People look at you as a role model, and then all of a sudden they think that's cool. Because, hey, he did that and he didn't get a fine or he didn't get a harsh suspension. Honestly, I may have suspended him for the year. Teach them a lesson. Teach the people coming up a lesson. You're not going to run around with guns, throwing it all over social media and think that's cool. That is a bad mark on the NBA. That's a bad mark on any company. It's a bad mark on John ja Morant himself. I think he's 23 years old. He's going to get to be 35, 40 and be like, man, I was stupid for that one. And not only did it once, but did it twice. And then just slapped him on the wrist the first time, which was probably okay. Would probably should have done it that way. Like, hey, man, what are you doing? We got to suspend you for a little bit. You know, get your act together. And then he doesn't in the same season. It's not like he waited a year or two or three for it to happen. He did it just a couple months later. Give him a suspension. Don't even give him a warning. I hope they didn't even say anything to him. I know they had to. But here's your 25 games. What the are you doing? No explicits here. We're PG at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. But in that meeting, I hope they were explicit. They're grown men, grown people. Let him know how serious what he is doing, how serious it really is. It's serious. Very, very serious. Just a couple more things NBA-wise. Michael Jordan my favorite basketball player of all time, but this isn't a him playing conversation, sells his majority rights of the Charlotte Hornets, sells his ownership, still an owner, just not to the pull that he's had for the last 13 years, seen a lot of things, oh, inadequate owner, inadequate, you know, basketball operations. I mean, they had a couple 
top draft picks that just didn't work out. Adam Morrison, Okafor, I can name a couple more. Just had things happen. LaMelo Ball was kind of hurt all last season as they were trying to get things together. I mean, they got pieces together that could make this team pretty awesome. And they just picked up Brandon Miller in the NBA draft. So Brandon Miller, who can operate with the ball or without the ball, can score, can do pretty much everything. Brandon Miller and LaMelo Ball, perfect one-two young connection to build a team around. Fortunately, Michael Jordan isn't really going to be doing it. And who knows what could happen, but I wouldn't say like he was the worst. I mean, there've been bad owners in the NBA, whether it be, you know, them as a person, them as making moves, you know, things like that. They have made the playoffs since Jordan was there, not as often as he would like. And I'm not saying he's, he was good or that he was great. Maybe I just have a biased opinion because of Michael Jordan. Eh, I could see it happening. I mean, the Hornets haven't been good. And when they do get to the playoffs, it's like, oh my gosh, they made it to the playoffs. So maybe it's just because I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan that I'm saying what I'm saying. But I don't think it's like the worst ownership moves of all time. I really don't. And he like tripled the money that he paid in when he first took over to what he just made. I think he made like three something billion dollars. That's what's up. I'm remembering official numbers. 275 million is what he paid in 2010. In 2023, 13 years later, the company, okay, the team, which AKA is really a company, valued at $3 billion. And that's what he got. Wise investment, time to get out, make your money, right into the sunset. Smart move, smart move. Mention the NBA draft with Brandon Miller. It was today, actually, it's still going on. Still going on right now. They're at the end of the second round. But let's break down the first five picks. The one pick that I'm excited about. And then what the Chicago Bulls did or didn't do. The number one pick. This may be surprising. No, it's really not. Victor Wembyama. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Wembenyama. There we go. Wembenyama. From France. Picked by the San Antonio Spurs. They have a history of getting great big men with their number one picks. David Robinson, NBA Hall of Famer and NBA Champion. Tim Duncan, NBA Hall of Famer, NBA Champion. And in a lot of people's top five starting lineups of all time, including mine. Victor Wembiama has the same opportunity. He's somewhere in between 7'2 and 7'5. Some people call him 7'5. Some people call him 7'4. He's listed on Wikipedia at 7'2. Has the body of a Kevin Durant. Ball handling skills of a Chris Paul. Passing, not quite Steve Nash-like, but just a great underneath. Shot blocker like Ben Wallace. I could keep going. This dude has the potential to be... A crazy Hall of Famer, like first ballot, maybe talked about on being the Mount Rushmore of NBA. Obviously, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. We will see. But barring any injury, improving as a player year to year, this dude could be the real, real, real deal. Number two, Brandon Miller from Alabama, University of Alabama to the Charlotte Hornets. I think Brandon Miller outside of Victor... Wembyama is the second best player in this draft. 
Seen him a couple times playing for Alabama. He does have the name Brandon, so that means he's great. <laughs> Just kidding. I think it's going to be great for the Hornets, like I said, partnering him with LaMelo Ball. You can't go wrong there. Scoot Henderson of the G League, drafted by Portland. I did hear Jay Bayless say, like, hey, with them picking up Scoot, that's not a crazy pick. They didn't try to make any trades. And Damian Lillard wants to win. He wants to be a contender. He's tired of being at the bottom of the playoff bracket or not even making the playoff bracket. His years are coming quick. Like, he's been in the league for 10 years. Going on 11 years. That's a decade. He's probably got about, you know, three to five left if he stays healthy. He wants to win, and I understand why. I would love to see him stay in Portland because I'm becoming a fan of those guys that can stay with one team and not have to chase rings and do it legitimately. Like, I always thought that was cool, and now in the era that we're at where everybody wants super teams and things like that, like, I really like that Damian Lillard has said year after year after year that he wants to stay in Portland. But at the same time, I understand you have to see a winning mentality or at least a competitive mentality from the ownership, the administration, to help put guys around him that make them win. Haven't seen it yet. I don't know what Scoot Henderson brings. Playing in the G League, didn't go to college. Who knows? The fourth pick and fifth pick are brothers. Amen Thompson was the fourth pick and Asir Thompson was the fifth pick. They both did not go to college and played in an Atlanta league called Overtime Elite. That was the team in the Atlanta league. Amen goes to Houston. Asir goes to Detroit Pistons. Both of them are fantastic players. I was watching highlights. I read the write-ups on them. Both of them can ball. And Houston and Detroit need ballers. So hopefully they live up to the hype, do what they did in the NBA when they weren't in the NBA, and everything will be all right for Houston and Detroit. Well, at least make them better. They were two of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, get better, get better. The pick that I was excited about, and hopefully his NBA career is in a couple years and then he's out of the league playing in Europe or something like that. But the Indiana Pacers, with the second pick in the second round, so the 32nd overall pick, Indiana took Jalen Pickett, the guard from Penn State. When I was watching the Big Ten tournament, out of all the games that I watched, and I did watch a lot of them, and the beginning of the NCAA tournament before Penn State was knocked out, Jalen Pickett was one of my favorite players. Just a tough-nosed guard, can knock down the three, leadership, his passes, defense, everything that this guy was doing, I was like, man, he's a really, really good player. Second round usually means you're not going to fare too well. You only got a couple years in the league. And sometimes that awesomeness that you had at the college level doesn't transfer over. We all know that. So I'm hoping it does. I hope he gets a good run here and he shows that he can play because I saw him and I was like, man, this guy's really, really good. So we'll see what happens. As long as he doesn't play good against the Bulls. Obviously, the Pacers, Bulls, same central division. So he can have bad days. Just let them be against Chicago. Speaking of Chicago, they didn't have any 2023 picks between trades, things of that nature. No picks. But they traded into the draft to make sure they got at least one. 
They traded future second round picks to the Sacramento Kings for the 34th pick, which the Bulls took Julian Phillips. He's a forward, I believe he's 6'7", 6'8", forward. Played one year with the University of Tennessee, 32 games, averaged 24.1 minutes, and he's known for his defense. I was sort of, kind of, okay, I am happy about this. The Bulls' defense last couple years has been lackluster. Zach Levine, not known for his defense. DeMar DeRozan's okay. Vucevic, not a defensive player. I could keep going through all the Chicago Bulls, not really great defenders. If this kid can become a really, really solid defender and add, I don't know, 8 to 12 points, a couple assists, Super cool with that as a second round pick that you traded into when you didn't have any picks. They don't need crazy scores. Even if Zach Levine's gone, I think he's going to get traded. Don't know who, don't know why, don't know where. Think Levine is going to be gone. They're going to bring in other scores. You don't always have to score to play in the NBA, especially on a team that doesn't have defense. Sometimes defense keeps you on the court. And I think that's what's going to happen with Julian Phillips. Surf Internet's fast fiber internet is more reliable and 25 times faster than cable. Unlike other local providers, we're proud to provide transparent all-in pricing that includes equipment fees and taxes. With speed packages starting at $35 a month, you'll get a free modem, free expert installation, and free whole home Wi-Fi on most plans, plus no contracts and no data caps at a price that's locked for life. Go to surfinternet.com to learn more or call 844-955-SURF for details. That's 844-955-SURF. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. Continuing with some mix and match outside of the NBA. DeAndre Hopkins was waived by the Cardinals Delvin Cook waived by the Minnesota Vikings, not staying with those clubs. Hopkins, 31 years old. Cook, 27 years old. As a wide receiver and a running back, getting up there a little bit. I know that sounds crazy. 31 years old and 27, not even half of their life. However, in pro football, that's old. I know it's kind of crazy, especially a 27-year-old running back that has racked up as many yards and has had as many good seasons as Dalvin Cook has had, that's getting old. However, I think if Hopkins and Cook both found themselves on the Dallas Cowboys, their career will be better. I think they have a chance to win a lot of games and make a long postseason run. I know it sounds crazy, Dallas Cowboys, but they do still have something in the tank. I believe Hopkins and Cook. When I was watching Cook last year, obviously Minnesota Vikings, same division as Chicago Bears, saw him twice, and I think I watched another Vikings game as well. However, the dude still has power, still run. I think he's got at least a year or two left as a good running back. I don't think he's great anymore, but I think he's good and definitely salvageable in the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins... I think he's still just as dynamic as he was. Probably only a year or two left before he starts that fast decline. Receivers, once they're that good, their decline is real fast. I don't think he's there yet. 
I think one or two years with the Dallas Cowboys and they can make some noise and maybe stop Philadelphia Eagles from owning the NFC. PGA buys live. I know this happened in the beginning of June. Haven't got a chance to speak on it. I was kind of blown away, but then not surprised. I mean, yes, it's sports. Yes, we love the game, but it's a business. It's competitive. Live took 48 PGA players, pretty much thanks to Phil Mickelson and Greg Norman, who kind of rebelled against the PGA, got people to leave, got big contracts, all the money that they could. However, law was involved. Lawsuits from both companies to the other company, and then it just got a tangled mess, chaos, all those good things. And then, you know, why not merge together so there is no lawsuits, everybody gets money, and you figure it out as we go. I believe that is what happened, why the PGA merged with Liv, or Liv merged with PGA, but PGA is still kind of the operating mothership. It makes sense, although I know the last year it's been PGA talking about the live players, live players talking about how the PGA treated them and things like that. However, again, it's a corporation, whatever is best to bring in money. That's what's going to happen. Amanda Nunes retires from the UFC besides Ronda Rousey. I think Amanda Nunes is the best woman's UFC fighter. And I believe she has had a longer run than Ronda Rousey did as well. She just defended her title, so she's retiring with a title. Stayed around at the top of the game longer than Ronda Rousey did. And just was a tenacious fighter. I just like Ronda Rousey better because the style and... She put a hurting on you really, really fast. <laughs> like watching Ronda Rousey at her peak. Whew, no one better. But Amanda Nunes, just a step underneath in my eyes. But she retires. Great career. Retires as the number one women's UFC fighter pound for pound in the rankings. She's a former UFC women's featherweight champ. Two-time UFC women's bantamweight champion. That's what she retired with was the Bantamweight Championship. Just a monster. 28 fights, 23 wins, 13 by knockout, 4 by submission, 6 by decision. She lost 5. 2 knockouts, 2 submissions, 1 decision. She has the most wins in UFC women's history with 16. Most finishes in UFC women's history with 10. Most consecutive wins in UFC women's history with 12. Most knockouts in the Bantam division with six. Most finishes in UFC women's Bantamweight with eight. Most wins in UFC women's Bantamweight division with 13. Most consecutive wins in Bantamweight with nine. Most knockdowns in Bantamweight with nine. Got all kinds of records. The 2015 August Submission of the Month against Sarah McMahon. 2018 Female Fighter of the Year, 2019 Female Fighter of the Year. I did mention Ronda Rousey. Amanda Nunes did beat her December 30th, 2016. TKO put her at 14-4 with the record in UFC 2007 to defend the UFC Women's Bantamweight Championship. So 
I mean, a lot of people are probably going to say that Amanda Nunes is better than Ronda Rousey. And statistically, record-wise, obviously head-to-head, she maybe is. But just style and watchability and what I like to watch, Ronda Rousey was a lot of fun. But I would not be surprised or shocked if it's like, no, no, Amanda Nunes is better. She also beat Holly Holm, who was a huge fighter and I believe beat Ronda Rousey. Shayna Baszler, a WWE wrestler, she beat her. TKO with a leg kick. One minute and 56 seconds in 2015. Nunez is no joke. It's going to be crazy not seeing her in the UFC. I just got back from vacation from West Virginia. However, when I was in West Virginia, it was towards the end, Bob Huggins, the University of West Virginia longtime tenured men's basketball coach, got a DUI. And then left the program. From what I understand from listening to ESPN Radio, Huggins was already on the hot seat. He had made board administration mad. And he was on thin ice. Then he gets a DUI and is like, okay, I'm out of here before they fire me. Because that's probably what was going to happen. But it was crazy because I'd only been to West Virginia once. And that's when this happens after Bob Huggins had been there forever. So, of course, I sent a message to the cousin Big West Virginia fan because he lives in West Virginia. Just outside of Morgantown, I was actually in Morgantown or leaving Morgantown when I got the notification about Huggins DUI. But anyway, send the text message. I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. He was quick to say he's a drinker. It doesn't surprise me. He'll be missed. And then he didn't want to talk about it anymore, which I understand. Rest in peace to the Iron Sheik. WWF, WWE wrestler, passes away at 81 years old. He was born in Iran, March 15th, 1942, died June 7th, 2023, in Fayetteville, Georgia. He was a WWF champ, the ninth champ of all time in the list. Not of all time ever, longest tenure, nothing, nothing like that. He only held the belt for 28 days. However, he was the ninth to have the belt, but he lost to Hulk Hogan 28 days later. That started Hulk Hogan's 1,474 run. That's how many days Hogan had the belt after he beat Iron Sheik. That's a long run, very, very long. And he didn't lose it until 88. So Iron Sheik held the belt December 28th of 1983 to January 23rd of 1984. Hogan beats him. Hogan doesn't lose it to Andre the Giant until February 5th of 1988. So over four years later. Yikes. But Iron Sheik was a lot of fun to watch. A very good villain. And if you had him on Twitter, that dude was hilarious. Talked all kinds of smack about Hogan and how he was better and the best WWF champion of all time. I wouldn't say that. I don't think anybody else would say it. But he's definitely an icon, definitely a Hall of Famer, definitely deserves the respect. No doubt about that. He also won the WWF Tag Team Championship with Nikola Volkov in WrestleMania 1 against the U.S. Express, Mike Rotundo, also known as IRS, and Barry Windham. Then they lost to the U.S. Express 78 days later. So 28 days for the 
Heavyweight Championship, 78 days of Tag Team Championship, just over 100 days as a champ, but he was awesome with the belt because he made you know, like, hey, I had them. He retired in 2010, but that was after Hall of Fame bids for the WWE in 2005 and the NWA in 2008. Gonna miss reading the tweets. Rest in peace, Iron Sheik. The NCAA World Series is decided. The two teams in the championship round, we know who they are. Florida was already in, and today was the elimination game between Wake Forest and LSU. Both had had one loss, so whoever won today's game was going to advance to play Florida in the World Series Championship Series in college baseball. And the winner was LSU as they beat Wake Forest 2-0 to now enter the finals against Florida. I'm kind of excited. Like, I always get into the World Series of Baseball for some odd reason. Because you never know who's going to win. Of course, there's good teams. Always good teams. You don't get this far into any kind of playoff run without being a good team. But Wake Forest and LSU were both ranked number one throughout the season. Wake Forest was the number one in today's game. LSU number five in the national rankings. But LSU, I don't know if you'd call that an upset or not, but LSU wins. Then they go to Florida, or they're going to play Florida. And it's a give or take. Both of them could be national champions. That series starts Saturday, June 24th. And I think I'm going to go with LSU. That's who I'm picking. I think LSU's got this. Sorry, Florida. I don't have anything against you. But it just looks like LSU is clicking on all cylinders when they need to. We're going to end Mixer Match talking about some music real quickly. Morgan Wallen, for some odd reason, I'm really digging his music. I'm not a country guy. More hip-hop, R&B, rap. But for some odd reason, Morgan's songs are hitting the heartstrings or something at the moment. And I've been listening to him a lot. Just letting you know that. Andre 3000 of Outkast is supposedly working on a solo album. Heard this before a couple years ago, and I think heard it before a couple years before that. Andre 3000 is awesome. Lyrically, a lot of people put him as the top, the GOAT, the best of all time. I do think he's arguably in the top five, but I loved Outkast sound. I don't know what Andre 3000 sound is because he's never had a solo album. Interested to see what happens, and I know I will be listening to it when it comes out. Believe it or not, sunny, beautiful weather is here. Finally. This means you'll want your lawn looking just as good as the sun rays feel. Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping is the definition of lawn beautification. The company offers tree removal, lawn care, stump grinding, and spring and fall cleanup to residential and commercial customers. Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping is fully insured and offers a senior citizen discount. Call 815-878-7504 for a free estimate from Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping. And I don't know about you, but if I'm working on the yard or even when I'm watching someone else do the outdoor manicuring, I get hungry. Coming soon to Little Joe's Gaming Cafe is a kitchen serving a variety of good eats. 
Go to Little Joe's, located at 713 Illinois Ave in Mendota, or call 815-538-4900 for more information. Let's go to the big screen with Keep It Rolling. Talk about a few movies I have watched, been very entertained as of late. Some of these I had already seen, some of them not. Let's get into six movies. Hall Pass, 2011 with Owen Wilson, Jason Sudeikis, Jenna Fisher, and Christina Applegate. I had seen this before. I put it on as background noise, and then it became me watching a movie, and it wasn't background noise, and I stayed up for the whole thing because, for some odd reason, I do enjoy this movie. I think it's funny, the concept of married men and married women say, hey, get a hall pass, go do whatever you want, sleep with people, do whatever you want to, I'm going to do my own thing over here, and act like they doesn't bother them, it's crazy. But in the movie, they do a good job of acting like it doesn't bother them, and then at the end, showing that it does bother them. And even Christina Applegate, who is the only one that sleeps with anybody outside of her partner, she realizes, oh, what did I just do? So, good concept, funny concept, love Jenna Fisher, love Applegate, Jason Sudeikis, some movies is good, this one's one of them, not a huge fan of Owen Wilson, his snarky humor, not my kind of thing, but the movie in general is a win. Midnight Sky came out in 2020 with George Clooney, kind of like an apocalyptic memory, getting old, have health problems. You're seeing things, hallucinating, but the story was well told. Kid gets involved. They're on what used to be just a normal place, but now it's covered with snow. Life has changed. There's really no life forms. Spending all the time in the world on a microphone, like a radio, trying to see if anybody's still alive or around. And then all of a sudden, there a girl appears. But then, towards the end... Was the girl real or was she a figure of his imagination as he was getting ready to die? Good flick. Wasn't thinking it was going to be as good as it was, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Chris Rock stand-up show Tambourine 2018. Chris Rock, to me, sometimes is absolutely hilarious. One of the funniest guys on the planet. And other times, he is just a racist man using his stage to talk smack about another race and have you laugh at him. And the more and more I watch him, it's the more and more I think about that. Or that I pick that up from his shows. Racism comments, whether it's white to black, black to white, white to Hispanic, black to Hispanic, Hispanic to white, black, blah, 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 Asians. We could keep going on to this. I don't think it's funny at all. I never really have. I never thought that racist jokes or jokes about another ethnicity was funny. And for some odd reason, Chris Rock really does. And in every single one of his stand-ups, he's got a lot of it. Tambourine had a ridiculous amount of racist stuff. Not my favorite stand-up. And honestly, listening to that, watching that, kind of knocked Chris Rock down on my totem pole of favorite comedians. He's nowhere near the top anymore. So what do I do after saying that? I watch his new one. Chris Rock's Selective Outrage opens up with probably 10 to 20 minutes of more racist comments. And I was just starting to get like, okay, I'm turning this off. I'm tired of it. 
And then he gets really funny. He does what Chris Rock does to me. Don't get it. Don't understand it. I do not know if I'm going to watch any more Chris Rock stand-ups. The space that we're in as a democracy, as a country, our society, a lot of racial tension, everything we do, trying to joke about it in the way that he does, singling out races, not the way to do it. It's just not. It's not funny anymore. If it, if it ever was funny, it never was to me, but obviously other people laughed about it. But now it's not a laughing matter. If it ever was, it totally isn't now. Untold Operation Flagrant Foul came out in 2022 about Tim Donahue, who was a NBA referee for quite some time and then started gambling on games that he was either refereeing or use his insight, his talk with other referees and how the NBA is ref to make a ton of money. Great documentary. I had obviously heard of Tim Donahue and everything that had happened, but the insights, hearing it from him, hearing it from other people that were involved in the story was pretty awesome. Really, really like that. A Man Called Otto. Tom Hanks came out in 2022. I love Tom Hanks. Everything that he's in is glorious to me. I think he's, he is my favorite actor of all time. And watching this movie was super cool. Definitely really cool because he played a role that I don't think I've ever seen him play before. He was an older man who had just lost his wife. He was cranky about everything. There were certain ways that you're supposed to do stuff. And if you didn't, he's going to tell you. He was that man on the block shutting gates. Hey, don't go on this side of the road. Don't do this. I know that guy in real life. I can't give you a name. I just know that character, like that guy that does stuff like that. And for Tom Hanks to play that role and then the understanding behind it. And then another family moves in and he lessens up a little bit and starts to enjoy life instead of being miserable. It was a really good movie. It was super cool. I hope people that do have that personality or that characteristic traits of being the grumpy guy and not looking at the good things in life. Hope they watch that and see the change in the end and how that happens because it was fantastic. I wasn't going to rank these. I don't know if I've ever ranked movies and keep it rolling, but why not? Got nothing but time here at Edge of Your Seat Podcast as we're approaching 51 minutes before editing and I still got some left to go. But hey, it's Edge of Your Seat Podcast, keeping you on the edge of your seat. So we'll go worst to best. So number six, I'm going Chris Rock tambourine. Number five, I'll go Chris Rock selective outrage. Number four, this is where it kind of gets tricky. We'll go Midnight Sky. Three, we'll go Hall Pass. Two, we'll go Untold Operation Flagrant Foul. And number one, we'll go A Man Called Otto. That's the rankings of these six. Like I said, Tom Hanks is my favorite of all time. And... The role that he played in this movie, especially in our society in 2023, was almost on cue, encore, well done. Does your driver need a new grip? Seven iron need a new head? Putter need to be replaced? Want to play a simulator during rainy or cold days? Sports Boss Golf is your one-stop shop for everything golf. Located at 2950 Kane Road in Leland, Sports Boss has over 10,000 used clubs, and new clubs for sale. 
Owner Mark Wright rebuilds, repairs, replenishes the value of every club in his own shop. Want a Callaway? Sports Boss has it. A Betonardi, Bridgestone, Cleveland, Cobra, Exotics, Crank, Mizuno, Odyssey, Puma, Srixon, TaylorMade, Tor Edge, Wilson. Sports Boss has a partnership with each and every one of those top brands. Check out Sports Boss Golf Shop on Facebook or call Sports Boss Golf at 815-326-9686 or email sportsboss777 at gmail.com to book simulator time, inquire about repairing or purchasing clubs, and any of your golf needs. Before we leave, we have some junior college and high school accomplishments, starting with the Illinois High School Baseball Coaches Association All-State Selections. We got eight baseball players from our coverage area that made the All-State Selections, starting with 1A, Yorkville Christian Sr., Cody Hazard. He was a pitcher and a right fielder. For Henry Snatchuan, Jr., pitcher and first baseman, Lance Keysweater. Hinkley Big Rock sophomore, pitcher, catcher, first baseman, Martin Ledbetter. He's only a sophomore, All-State baseball selection, had a fantastic basketball season. This dude is going to be the real deal for Hinkley Big Rock. Newark senior pitcher, shortstop, Joseph Martin. Newman Jr. pitcher, center fielder, Brennan Tunick, a friend of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. In 2A, Hall senior, shortstop, Macrosetich, also a friend of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Byron Sr., pitcher, shortstop, Braden Smith. And in 3A, Geneseo Jr., shortstop, A.J. Weller. Congratulations to all the fantastic baseball players and the seasons they had, especially the All-State nominees. Junior College Kishwaukee released Academy Honors for student-athletes. Kishwaukee had a record 48 Student-athletes nominated for the Arrowhead Conference Bob Bot Academic Excellent Team for 2022-2023 school year. To be nominated for this, they have 12 credits per semester with a 3.0 GPA or higher. In baseball, Blake Nowitzki of Sycamore. Basketball, Cooper Hask of Rochelle. Luke Youngerman of Sterling. Brennan McNally of Paul Paul, representing the women's cross country team, Gretchen Stratham of Sycamore, men's cross country, Joshua Herta of Rochelle, Xander Ward of DeKalb, women's golf, Amber Fellows of Genoa, men's golf, Garrett Burden of Rochelle, Jared Glendening of Oregon, Aiden Thies of Rochelle, Rowan Williams of Rochelle, men's soccer, Alex Chavez of DeKalb, Yahir Diaz, Mendota, Alec Garcia, Sycamore, Ayer Rezepi of DeKalb, Griffey Rodriguez of Dixon, Francis Zalek of DeKalb, Women's Soccer, Brittany Kalen of DeKalb, Guadalupe Carrillo of DeKalb, Luciana Monroe of Rochelle, Tracy Nelson of Byron, Taylor Ruffer of Oregon, Cassandra Winters of Kingston, Softball, Tracy Nelson of Byron. Eight Cougars also received the NJCAA 
National Junior College Athletic Association all academic nominations. For the third team, you had to have a 3.6 to a 3.79 GPA. Second team is 3.8 to 3.99. And first team, a 4.0 GPA. No members of Kishwaukee College were on the third team. Second team, Garrett Burden of Rochelle, Luciana Monroe of Rochelle, Blake Novinsky of Sycamore, Gretchen Stratham of Sycamore, and on the first team was DeKalb's Francis Zalik. Scott Kaywall, the Kishwaukee College Athletic Director, had this to say. The 2022-2023 athletic year was a solid year in competition, but we are extremely proud of the number of student-athletes that achieved academic recognition. Their collective efforts, both inside and outside the classroom, are extraordinary, including extra studying and tutoring, practices, traveling to games, or working part-time jobs. And a record, 48 student-athletes showed dedication to be successful while being role models to the college and community, the most in Kishwaukee Athletics history. Congrats to Kishwaukee College Crazy awesome student athletes that get it done in the classroom, on the court, the field, on any sports stage. Well, this seems like a great time to end the intro and get to our featured guest, Hunter Holcraft, LaSalle Pru graduate and now Dream Wave wrestler who just challenged for his first wrestling title, wrestling championship with his friend, with his partner, 12-Gage, as they formed the hype to take on Wasted Youth at the Dream Wave Wrestling, presented by Luza Grotto's Nothing But A Good Time on June 17th. This is a before and after, so we get to hear Hunter Holcraft twice talking about his love, his passion of wrestling, and then his afterthoughts of his first title match. We'll be back soon. Rapid fire through the summer. That's the plan. Until next time. Peace. Unfortunately, and this is a huge unfortunately, capitalized, bold, underlined, whatever color that your mind is thinking about right now, that's what it looks like. Unfortunately, I was not able to go to the last Dreamwave show in April because... I was supposed to go to North Carolina, and then I had some health issues. I was in the hospital, couldn't, uh, it was just uh, one of those situations. However, the show still happened, awesome wrestling still happened, and Edge of Your Seat Podcast is still here to talk about it, that show, and the show that is going to happen in June. But we have to have a guest, right? Because that's what we do on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We have LaSalle Peru graduate, native, Hunter Holdcraft. Hunter, what's going on, my man? Oh, not a whole lot. How are you doing? I am doing great. I am happy to have you on the show. It has been a long time since you and I have conversed. Been about seven years, I would say. Is that when you graduated high school? No. Five. Whew. Five years. Whew. Five years. I was going to say. Whew. Seven, five years. <laughs> yes. At this point, I shouldn't say I'm getting old, but I'm getting older, and a lot of the a lot of these years kind of clumped together, I would say. Well, let's just put it this way, or hopefully this makes you feel better about your age. All right. Next summer is going to be my 20-year high school reunion. 
Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> I graduated from Mendota in 2004, so little, little more time than five years. So you got to remember, there's always people older than you. That is true, and I learned from all, from every single one of them. So for sure. And we spoke. You were a wrestler and a football player, correct? Correct. We'll start with wrestling. Wrestling. Okay. Did you? Were you a state qualifier? I was a state qualifier. I remember that. You were pretty pretty solid. Yeah, I, uh, my senior year, I qualified for state uh, after having uh, my appendix removed earlier that year. So I had a little bit of a comeback story that year, I would say. And now that you say that, I remember it. I don't think I wrote the story, but I remember it being discussed in the newsroom. Yeah, that was a, that was a very, very hard year for me, but I worked hard and I got, I made my goal of a state qualifier, so... I was very proud of myself for that. Definitely. You have to be. Even if you didn't have an appendix removed and make it to state in any sport, you should be proud. So, heck yeah, man. Be proud of yourself. Definitely. Thank you. I, I am. <laughs> for sure. And then football-wise, I think that was the tail end of the awful LaSalle-Peru football years before Jose Medina started to turn around and play off bids here and there every year yeah so my junior and senior year were his first two years as the uh head coach so he was uh he was getting the he was getting the gears going and starting to get the program uh, in the right mindset and where it is today so so you were like a building block you were part of the building blocks uh i would i would say so uh, i wouldn't say i was like a building block but i was a part of not the foundation, I would say. I'm trying to think of the right word for it. Yeah, no, he had a plan, and we I guess we were at the beginning of that plan, so. Definitely. I'm going to speak, not for, because I shouldn't do that on a podcast, but I'm going to speak like I'm Jose Medina. I know Jose really well. We're friends. But he would say if you were on that team and you bought in and you came and played hard at practice and in the game, you were a building block. Yes. In that program, Jose was a great man, and I, I would have done a lot of things for him. I mean, if he was moving out, I'd, I'd probably be the first one there moving boxes. So That's, that's awesome. How do I get on this list for you to come help me move? Because I move a lot. So if I need somebody to move boxes, do I just call you up, or what do I got to do to get on this list? I mean, I guess so. You have my number now, so you can just give me a call, and I'll, I'll see where I'm at. Perfect. Well, I've been where I'm at since December, so I'll probably hit you up by August because that's how my life's been for the last like ten years. So, moving around a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I think I'm cool where I'm at for now, though. But we'll see. I've said that for the last like seven other locations too. So, okay. <laughs> but if I need anybody, I'll give you a call, Hunter. Yeah, for sure. I, I need to work out moving boxes. There you go. And one of the reasons that you need workouts is now you're a professional wrestler. Yeah, five years ago when I was in high school, I don't think I would ever hear those words. How did you get into it? If you went from never thinking that would happen to now it's a reality, like that's your title when you're in the ring. I've always been a fan of professional wrestling ever since I was a little kid. So I'd watch Raw every Monday, SmackDown every Friday, uh, all the way up until probably beginning of high school. And there's a few years where... There wasn't me watching any wrestling at all, because that's kind of how most kids are nowadays when it comes to that. They get into watching it, and they then their friends say it's not cool anymore, and they get out of it. But 
Uh, I would say in about two years or three years, but I didn't watch it at all. And then towards the end of high school, I started watching it again. And then I was like, I wouldn't say obsessed with it, but it was a very big passion of mine that I would watch it and keep up with it and learn the art of what is professional wrestling. So how did I get into it? It's been in my life for, like I said, like my whole life. I would go to Dreamwave shows when I was, uh, I was actually the first ever Dreamwave show back in 2008, I would believe. But I would go every month. Uh, I got to know a lot of people. My family is heavily invested in it, and uh, I just knew people. I had a few connections to where a couple years ago I was given the opportunity to uh, get in a ring and train and see if I have what it takes to pursue it. So uh, I took it. I fell in love with it ever since, and uh, I would train. And how I actually got the first ever opportunity to get in a ring in front of a crowd was actually the first Dreamwave show back at Summer Spectacular in August. Was that kind of like your debut? That was my first ever wrestling match. That was my debut, yes, in August. Wow, and I was there. I saw you. you it was one of those things where an opportunity came up and they were like, you're, the, you're a hometown kid. The people will love you to go out there and do your best. And I was so nervous. I was shaking before I went out that curtain, but I mean, man, I, ever since that day, I just kind of, I'm committed to it and I haven't looked back since. Dreamwave has been doing them every two months for the revival. I call it the revival of Dreamwave. Dreamwave was here for a long time, month after month after month, great events, special guests, all kinds of things. Legends were here. Then... Jay Repsol, friend of Edge Jersey podcast, decided he needed a break, switch things up a little bit, and then he came back with the show in August, what you were talking about. Then I believe there was a Halloween show that was planned, but I think it got pushed because of weather. There was actually a Halloween show. It was Trick or Treat. It was actually held at Legrado. It was an outdoor show. And it did happen? It did happen, yes. For some odd reason, in the back of my head, I thought it got canceled. No, it was the Summer Spectacular show in August was supposed to be at Legrado's, but it rained that day, so we had to move to the Knights of Columbus. There we go. I was at that so, show because I was supposed to be outside, goes inside, and then yep. the October one was outside, correct? Yes, that one was outside. Gotcha. Thanks for uh, rearranging the thought pattern here. Yeah, it was, it was one of those things to where when you, when, you, when you help set up the ring, you got to know where the ring is going to be. So that whole situation was in my head when I was there. So Yeah, no doubt. So then there was one in December. There was one in February, April, and then we got one coming in June. Let's talk about the one in April. What was the name of it again? So that was Anniversary 8. And you were part of the, we're going to use the word revival again, the revival of the tag team championships. There was a crazy match with a bunch of tag teams, and you and your partner were in it. Yes, we came out first. We were the first first team in. What kind of match was it? Well, it was supposed to be a five-team gauntlet match, but that then turned into a six-team gauntlet match. So uh, two teams would start. And then they would have a match, and then when the fall came, the one team was eliminated, so they would leave, and then another team would come in until all the teams have been and gone, I would say. That's the best way to describe it. Okay. 
And when I was addressing you in the show, I said your partner, your partner has been on Edge of Your Seat podcast two or three times, a friend of the show. What's your partner's name? Uh, 12 Gage. Gage Noonan, also also a LaSalle, Peru guy. Yes, he he actually, two years behind me in school, and he was also on the wrestling and football team. So I've, I've known him. I think I've known him since I was about 10 years old because he did uh, he did youth wrestling with me at the Crunching Cabs. Gotcha. Did he have any influence or help getting you into wrestling? He did have some help with me getting in there because he actually owns uh, his own ring. When I had the opportunity to get in the ring for the first time, I actually used his ring and he was there. So he actually saw me run the ropes for the first time. I would say he was a he was an influence. I saw him doing it. I believe he debuted three years ago at Zawa Live, and I saw the video going around on Instagram uh, when I was at Illinois State. And uh, I was showing my friends this, and like, well, if he can do it, I've always wanted to do it. I think Gage seeing him his stuff on Instagram really sparked the idea of me actually wanting to pursue it. That's pretty awesome. And now you're a tag team together. Yes, yes, we are now tagging together. What's the name? The Hype. We are called The Hype. I kind of like that. That's got a nice little ring to it. And the way both of you wrestle, I mean, Gage is a high flyer, and you're still, you can tell that you have a high school wrestling background, but you're a little more animated, a little, we'll, we'll say hype, compared to other yes. amateur wrestlers. Yeah, so uh, Gage is a very energetic individual i would say when he comes out of that curtain it's a thousand miles an hour every single time and usually me if you if you ever see me outside of uh outside of the ring or anywhere else like that's not in a competitive professional wrestling ring uh i'm not really the one to talk first or be as animated as gage would be but i think being with him and seeing his energy really amps up my energy so uh I, I believe that calling ourselves the hype really gets me going as well that's pretty awesome so the name fits you guys pretty well we are as hype as it gets <laughs> i like it so you're in this gauntlet match at the april show the eighth anniversary or anniversary eight however we want to word that We'll have to stat check with Jay Repsol. <laughs> it's anniversary eight, I believe. There we go. I was joking around, but I like the fact yeah. check right here. We didn't have to wait for Jay. We got Hunter Holdcraft fact checking us. I like it. There we go. So you were the first team in. How long were you in the gauntlet match? So we were in for three matches. We first faced uh, TDC or Those Damn Coyotes. That one was a very fast-paced action-packed three to four minutes where we came out with our new uh with a new move that we came up with which was a uh, wheelbarrow so i had an opponent in a wheelbarrow gage stomps his head in the mat and i do a german suplex for a finish it was a like i said a very action-packed three to four minutes where we came out on top and then the next the next guys to come in were the four-star heroes and out of the gate they kind of jumped us we weren't really ready for it. We had our back turned, but then they targeted my leg and injured it. So I was kind of down on the mat the entire time, but Gage came in, and I didn't really see how he got the, the pin, but 
we we got the pin and we beat those guys. And then the the third team came in, which was Seduce and Destroy, and they uh, took advantage of the injury I had to my leg. And what actually happened was well, not what I wanted to happen, but I was actually into the corner and Bucky had my leg in a submission hold, and I just couldn't take it anymore. I was I was screaming, I was yelling. There's like I couldn't really bear that pain. So I was yelling and like trying to get the gauge, but Gage was legal man in the ring and he tapped out to save my leg. So I, I'm very appreciative of that. But at the same time, we didn't win the tag team titles that night. I just wish that we can go back and, and change what happened back there. Who did end up winning the tag belts? Wasted Youth won the tag belts. And who comprises of Wasted Youth? It is Marcus Mathers and Dylan McKay. A couple so of familiar they, names. They've been around a little bit. Yeah, they've been around for a little bit. They wrestle all around. I believe they're from Philadelphia, I think. I know they wrestle for a couple other independent, bigger independent wrestling shows. They're very talented. They both had uh, other matches that night, so for them to have other matches and then come into this gauntlet match and win in the end, it shows how tough they are, for sure. Moving out of that show... You and 12-Gage, The Hype, got another match as a tag team. This upcoming show, June 17th at the Knights of Columbus in LaSalle, presented by Lou Zagrado. I'm trying to remember the name of the show. I was just looking at it. It's a pretty cool name. Nothing but a good time. That's a pretty cool name. I like that one. Like the Poison album. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Or song. I think it's a song. Is it a song? It's a, I think it's a, I know it's a song for sure. Definitely. We know it's poison. We know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the match that you, 12-Gage, the hype have in this show? We are actually facing Wasted Youth for the Dreamwave Tag Team Championships. So, so you get your are, shot. We get our shot. So the crowd believed that we should have went all the way in the gauntlet match. So having noticed that, uh, we are given a shot at the Dreamwave Tag Team Championships against Wasted Youth on June 17th. I mean, as a wrestling fan, as a wrestler now, how pumped up are you for a title shot? Is this your first title shot? This is my first ever title match. You gotta be pumped. So you gotta be excited. I, no pun intended. I'm hype for this match. I am very excited. As soon as this match is announced... I kind of I kind of giggled like a little schoolgirl and started jumping up a little bit. The kid in me really came out. It's it's kind of uh, doesn't seem real to me that not even a year ago I had my first ever wrestling match, and then I think from August till now it's I think that's nine months or ten months I should say I'm having my first my first title shot in Dreamwave Wrestling. It's it's surreal to me. Hey, you're doing it. With a friend of yours who sort of, kind of did influence your wrestling. Yes. So Gage has also been a, a really big fan of wrestling when he was a kid, he, when he was younger. And he also went to all the Dreamwave shows. So for us as a tag team to go for these titles, it's, like I said before, it, it's pretty surreal to both of us. I talk to him every single day and he's probably just as excited as I am, if not, probably more. Because you're right, he is an excited guy. He is always hype. He's always hype. His energy, when he walks into a room, just goes from zero to 100 right away. 
I couldn't agree with you more. I felt that talking to him on the podcast, just a very excited, hype guy, which for wrestling, that's amazing. You want that. Yes. Easy to be a a fan favorite that way. Yes, it it sure is. I mean, everyone wants to feel energy when they're in, when they're at a pro wrestling show. So when you have individuals that meet that energy expectations, it's really not that hard to root for them. I'm hoping that the energy in the Knights of Columbus that night will meet the expectations that everybody has. No doubt. I'm sure it will. No you, no him. I'm sure you guys will have that covered. Yes, for sure. We're going to be, we're going to bring the hype. What's cool about Dreamwave is the shows are selling out real fast now. The last show that happened in April was sold out 39 days before the event happened. And I know I saw somewhere probably about a week ago that there was only like 100 tickets left to this one and it's got to be way less than that now. It sold out yesterday. Wow, so it's it's sold sold, out. It's it's sold out on May 8th. So over over a month from the show. The tickets sold, gone, on May 8th and the show is June 17th. Yes. That is awesome. I'm glad that I am going to say this as a pun on purpose. The hype for, you know, local wrestling, professional wrestling, and for Dreamwave, I was really happy when it came back, and obviously the area is as well. I am so glad that Dreamwave Wrestling is back. It's really brought a new energy to this area. I mean, you can even see that after tickets sell out after 15 days of going on sale. That is super awesome. Man, <laughs> I can't, I just keep thinking about that. I'm like, man, tickets are already gone. Yeah, I'm, I don't even, I'm not too sure the amount of tickets that were actually put up, but I know there were like 75 front row, 75 second row, and then probably about 200 general, I would think. Don't quote me on the numbers, but that's a lot of tickets sold in 15 days, I would have to say. Yeah, no doubt. Front row and the majority of the second row was sold out after the first day. That's the attention that Dreamwave is bringing. That's fantastic. I'm pumped. (laughs) That's super crazy. Dig it, dig it, dig it. And you got a shot at your first belt. So I know I am starting to get lost for words, which makes no sense because I'm a public speaker. I host a podcast. So I know you are in your head going nuts. I don't think I've been repeating myself here, but... I have found myself lost for words when people ask me about it. I don't think it's set in yet because there's, it's still over a month away. Me and Gage have been prepping already. So, I mean, I think by the time June 17th comes around, we'll be ready. But at this moment, my words can't describe how I feel right now, to be honest. I'm just excited sitting here. I'm kind of, my leg's twitching a little bit. I'm, I just want to get up and start walking around. I'm hyped. <laughs> well, if you want me to come over, we can uh, get a little practice in. I'll wrestle you right now. Yeah? I mean, I haven't been on uh, an amateur wrestling mat in a while. I mean, I can get some practice in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> you would tear me apart. <laughs> I'm not a small guy, but neither are you. Oh, no. I'm not as big as I was in high school, but I think I'm, I think I'm getting about to be the same size, so. And what's that? What size are you at now? I'm about... 195 right now and that's what i that's what i wrestled in high school okay and you're about 510 511 510 okay gotcha you sizing me up 
<laughs> no, no, I just remember. I got a good memory. I gotcha. For sure. And I've seen you at the wrestling shows, you know, football days, wrestling days. You know, I've actually saw a lot of you now that I'm thinking about this. I've been in the area my whole life and putting on a show, whether that's uh, high school sports or doing this now. I mean, for as timid as a person I am outside, I've always wanted to entertain. I'm glad I'm getting the opportunity to do that now. That's awesome. But you know what? Maybe I was sizing you up. Maybe my dream is to be a professional wrestler, and it's going to start by fighting you. You want me to be your first match? Let's do it. There's a promo right now. That's what this podcast is, and you and I are going to wrestle. All right. Let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hopefully somebody believed that. I sort of believe that a little bit. Sort of, kind of. I believed you for a second there. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I know I'm going to say this and you're going to be like, no, and there's wrestlers way older than I am, but I'm too old. You're too old? <laughs> I've met a lot of wrestlers that, I mean, Ricky Morton was at the last Dreamwave show, and I came, I think he's been, I think he's wrestling for 40 years. He's still bright-eyed and full of energy, and I mean, he was, he was giving a lot of people in the locker room some, uh, some advice and He's still doing it 100%, so I don't think there's the excuse of too old. That's true. That's true. He's in his 60s, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express. Yes. He was still doing some moves, doing some rolls, flipping around, you know? He still got it, for the most part. All right, maybe that challenge was real. Maybe I'm not too old. Maybe we'll get a wrestling match going on. That's the spirit. You always got to believe in yourself. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, if you engage and need another partner for a six-man match, you know, maybe I'm the third that nobody knows about. Hey, TDC's been giving us quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of trouble, and there's, there's four of them, and there's only two of us. So we might need some more people. I would love to shut up Connor. Yeah, he does have a loud mouth on him. <laughs> He's probably my favorite heel within Dreamwave just because he is cocky and the way he talks I've always been a heel guy like me growing up Ted DiBiase was my favorite wrestler yeah he, he sure knows how to how to rough people's feathers how to rile them up they all have their own little uh, there's the, the talkative one which is Connor and you have the, the technical one which is Braden you have the, the wild child which is Berna and then you have the leader which is uh, Christian Rose so, the current Dreamwave champ. Yes, the current Dreamwave champion. Going into a last man standing match, June 17th against Vic Capri. When Vic Capri came out at the April show and got on the mic, did you think he was going to retire like I thought he was going to retire? It sure sounded like it for a little bit there. He's been doing this for quite a while now, and I mean, he's had a lot of uh, head injuries, like he was saying, so. For a second there, I thought he was, and then Connor came out and, you know, like we were just talking about earlier, started talking a little bit too much, some would say. Yeah, I mean, I thought so for a second there. And then Vic's like, no, okay, I want a championship fight, let's go. Yeah, I mean, he, he was just, he just had enough of, of TDC's antics like, like me and 12VH have, so we'll see if Vic can actually shut them up, especially Christian Rose, he's been talking a lot too. Well, I know you guys are going to have a great match for the 
Tag Team Championship. I know that gives you goosebumps and you want it's, to start yeah. wrestling right now. I just got chills down my spine right now. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I can't wait to see it. I'm probably going to have to watch it on the link. The is it Independent Wrestling TV? IndependentWrestling.tv So if you're not one of the lucky ones that have bought a ticket, make sure you check out the link, the website. We will post it on our Facebook. Dreamwave has it all over their Facebook to check out the show for sure. Hunter Holcraft going to be with his tag team partner, 12 Gauge, friend of Edge of Your Seat podcast, known as The Hype, going for the tag team champs. I'm excited for you. I'm going to be paying attention. Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat podcast to talk about this. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. And now I'm trying to decide... If I want to wrestle you or if we should be partners? <laughs> you want to be on my team or do you want to go against me? There's two options. I'm open to both. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can go for a, a friendly competition, as some would say. But you can also just be on my team and win. That's up to you. <laughs> the before and after June 17 Dreamwave show presented by Luz Legrados. Nothing but a good time with Hunter Holdcraft. Brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town. The staff and general manager, Ski Hartman, and his associate, Jason Hintz, pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship, to get you every vehicle you want and cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Ski has lived in Princeton since he was five years old and has been with Mendota Ford for the last three years. He has plenty of experience helping you with all of your vehicle needs as he has been in the motorcycle business for 20 years and over 10 years in car sales and management. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for the last eight years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family. Ski and Jason will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.mendotaford.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. I just got done with my little apologies about not getting the interview with Hunter Holdcraft out before nothing but a good time Dreamwave show presented by Luz Agrado that happened on Saturday, June 17th. Today is Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth for those celebrating. I always giving credit to everybody that went through what they went through that that's why we celebrate Juneteenth. However, miss nothing but a good time. I was devastated but sort of kind of not really. I was in the mountains in West Virginia with my family. I did win two games of poker. They're mad at me and I thought they were going to start wrestling me because I took their money. But I am here and so is Hunter Holcraft to talk about his match at the show just a couple days ago. Hunter, what's going on, my man? Ah, uh, whole lot, nothing. It's just a great Monday. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. Kind of having a Dreamwave hangover right now. I like those. Those are good. I mean, you're, you're on a little high over the weekend, and but Monday rolls around, and you got to get back to business. So so you and your tag team partner, 12 Gauge, were in a tag team championship match. 
the first for your wrestling run. Yes, indeed. It was the first, my first uh, tag team championship match in my career, as well as 12 gauges, I believe. And it was the first title defense of the new, newly crowned uh, Dreamwave Tag Team Championships. The hype in your first tag team championship match. I mean, you got to give us the details. What happened? How'd it go? It was a pretty evenly matched contest, athletic-wise. Me and 12 Gage were a little nervous going into it, but we were out there as hype as ever. Wasted Youth came out, and they seemed pretty prepared as well. And like I said, it was a pretty even contest back and forth, but in the end, it was just a lot of chaos, and uh, they ended up getting the victory. I mean, they're a team that have been together a lot longer than me and me and 12 have, so... They have a little bit of experience with tag team wrestling and uh, how to get the job done at the end of the day. And that's something that me and 12 have to work on. And if we want to get back to uh, competing for those tag team championships in the future. Although you lost, and we'll go back to how you lost and things like that. How was it being in that spotlight, fighting for a championship, fighting for your first championship in a wrestling organization? How should I word it? Uh, Nerve-wracking, I guess. Uh, I was very nervous going into it as it, there is a big spotlight and all eyes are on you at that point to uh, perform and uh, hopefully come away with the victory. But unfortunately, we did not. But being in this position, it's a, it's a great honor to represent uh, the company in that way, too, of uh, just being like, this is the best that we got put these two teams together and just have them them go at it and have a banger of a match, and that's what happened. And you say all eyes on you or the match. All eyes, because this place was sold out a month, at least a month before the event. It was sold out, yeah, it was sold out, I believe, 13 days, 12 to 13 days, I believe. The entire event was sold out. Front row tickets sold out in the first couple hours of going on sale, and all the fans that were there were there to see good wrestling. And, I mean, I think from what I saw and what I did out there, what we did out there, I think they got got pretty much what they paid for. And if I remember right, since this is going to be a before and after podcast, we spoke before the event and now today, a couple days after. If I remember right, it was sold out 38 days before June 17th. It was. It sure was. I believe today... The tickets went on sale for uh, the Double Shot Weekend, uh, August 4th and 5th. Tickets went on sale at 10 a.m. this morning, and front row seats for both nights are already sold out. So in other words, if you want tickets for a show in August, today being June 19th, you better get them now. I say get them right now, because I have no idea when. uh, I don't know how many tickets are left, but I know all the front row are sold Front row are sold out, and half of the second row on each night are sold out. So if you want to go watch some fantastic wrestling, August 4th and 5th, DreamWaveWrestling.com. There we go. Let's get back to this match. Obviously, you had the nerves, but you and 12 Gage have been doing your thing for a little bit now. Maybe not as long as Wasted Youth been together a little longer, but... I mean, you guys are super athletic. How did the match like unfold? Was there a lot of high flying spots? Was there a lot of, you know, headlocks kind of drain out the opponent? What kind of made uh, the match flow? At the beginning, it started off with uh, uh, twelve and Marcus Mathers. Uh, they tied up, and they're flashy wrestlers. They do a lot of flashy moves. So at the beginning, it seemed uh, Gage was doing cartwheels. Uh, Marcus is doing flips over Gage and. 
it seemed like a pretty even contest. And then uh, they had a little standoff. We tagged our opponents in, or tagged our partners in, I should say. So it was me and Dylan McKay. I tried using my amateur background uh, to see if I can get an advantage with that, but Dylan has some sort of a unorthodox offense of sorts. So um, with that, they started taking the advantage in the beginning, but um, I, I took a little beating there for a little bit. Maybe I should try to work on not straying away from the amateur background, but molding it into more of a amateur slash professional background. Maybe that'll give me the advantage next time. After a little bit, I finally tagged I finally tagged Gage in, and we were going for our big moves, but they just had a counter for every single thing that we had, so they must have did their homework for sure. We hit our finish. It was a, uh, I have him in a wheelbarrow. 12 gauge hits the stomp. I do a German suplex. One, two, and this had been the most painful thing ever, but I'm bridged up on my neck, and all of a sudden, Marcus Mathers just does a, like a swanton bomb right on top of me, and I, I swear, I think I lost my breath there for a second. But after that, it just kind of just went their way in the end there, and I got thrown to the outside, and uh, 12 unfortunately took a shooting star press and a 450 splash, and they ended up taking the victory from there. It was a very high pace athletic contest uh, between two teams that wanted the championships more than anything else. We put our bodies on the line. I guess they wanted it more that day, I believe, but trust me, I, this, I don't think this is the, the last time we'll see each other in a ring. I was just going to ask. I mean, it sounds like there was a lot of lessons learned, and you guys are hungry to try to get back in there and win those titles. Uh, me, me and Gage are always always trying to work on new things to improve our tag team wrestling, and this is a great lesson for us. All we got to do is just get back to training and what we did wrong and uh, how we can fix upon those things. And we're both pretty creative when it comes to making changes to our moveset so, and, our, and our wrestling IQ. So I believe we want another chance for those tag team championships, but... Uh, I guess we're going to have to climb the ranks again to do so. No doubt. No doubt. Well, hopefully next time I'm there not going on some family vacation. Although the family vacation was awesome. Watching hey, wrestling. family vacations are amazing. I mean, I just took one a couple weeks ago. And I, I, I tell you, it was a pretty relaxing time. I kind of needed one. So everyone needs a vacation every once in a while. No doubt. And I did need it. I was kind of disappointed it was on the same weekend or I didn't get back till Saturday. So by the time I got back, the show was already over. So I was like, uh, you know, it's, it's too late. But where, where was your vacation? I do a family vacation down to Branson, Missouri every single year. Okay, Branson, uh, a good time. It's kind of around the Ozarks, so. Definitely, got to love the mountains. Great mountains, did a great hiking trip there. Uh, I think there was an amusement park down there. Fun fact, the old Navy Pier Ferris wheel is down there. I think in 2016 they took that Ferris wheel from Navy Pier and they shoveled it all the way down to Branson, Missouri. So, wow. rode on that once or twice. Now, now you're giving us an education. Yeah, just as a little fun fact. I'm full of fun facts. If you ever need one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good stuff. Well, maybe next time we have you back on, you'll be a champion and you can give us more fun facts. Yes. You know, that, I got goosebumps thinking about that. Maybe I am a champion one day. Maybe we'll see. But I know for sure I'll have a fun fact. Perfect. And I'm going to challenge you for a fun fact every single time. <laughs> Sounds good. Definitely. Hunter Holcraft, always enjoy talking with you. And we got two conversations on one podcast. That's the best way to do it. Thank you for joining us. 
always. Thank you. Hopefully, next time you can feel the hype.